Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is... TJ Inman, and we're here breaking down Indiana's big win at Wisconsin. Don't call it an upset, TJ, because it wasn't. Only to the betters was it an upset where the IU Hoosiers were uh, 13 to 14 and a half point underdogs, depending on what site you were betting on. Uh, but mm-hmm. they were the higher ranked team coming into the game, and they it was almost domination in a 14-6 win. It is also bucket week. So we have to look at the bucket game and do that preview. We'll talk about some other impactful things going on in the, uh, in the Big Ten uh, this week that could impact who Indiana plays in their ninth game, uh, where it might take them in the postseason, and all of that stuff. Uh, but first, we're going to have a, a uh, word from our friends over at uh, Bet Online. Uh, football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff. You might not be at a game this year, but you could still be on the, uh, in on all the action at bet online, bet online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads, totals to team player and coaching props. Bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online head to bet online. Uh, today and use promo code armchair to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet online, your sports book experts. All right, TJ. Indiana goes into Wisconsin. They were ranked 12th in the college football playoff. Uh, Wisconsin was ranked 16th. Indiana comes out with a hard fought, gutty, gritty win. Um, what's your first takeaway from that game? My first takeaway was absolute joy, Uh, you know, and and I think you can take that from a fan perspective. You could also take that from a player and coach perspective. The interview that that Tom Allen had uh, directly after the game where he was, you know, mobbed by each and every one of the players that was running by him. Uh, I mean, what, what better way to sell your program to the national media, the national audience, uh, then that message right there, which is these guys really love each other, and I really love watching this team play. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun to watch Indiana win a really different kind of game than what Hoosier teams in the past, and I'm not talking the past decade, but the past like as in last year, uh, Indiana would not have been able to win that type of game. They took on a very physical Wisconsin team. It was very clear right from the start that it was going to be a physical uh, you know, battle in a phone booth that these two teams were not going to get much space from each other. And whoever won was going to be whoever could have those one or two good drives. 
how were you going to finish those drives when you got into the red zone? And that's what Indiana did. Indiana converted on their red zone chances. Wisconsin did not. Uh, Wisconsin ended up with more yards, but that's a little skewed because the Hoosiers, uh, you know, could have had a, a huge chunk play had Miles Marshall not bobbled a surefire touchdown. Um, that really was your your one big breakout play uh, that you had. It was the one busted coverage for Wisconsin all day for either defense all day, and he was unable to come up with that. But you know, it doesn't matter as Indiana comes out with the win anyway. Thankfully for for Miles and and for the Hoosiers, but uh, the the physicality that Indiana's defense came to the game with and the composure uh, that Jack Tuttle played with. He he made one or two mistakes as far as forcing throws. Um, and then he had the, the fumble on that quarterback sneak. But overall, a very composed game, particular for a guy making his first start. Uh, absolutely nothing to be ashamed of from him. He ends up 13 for 22, 130 yards, two touchdowns. And he picked up a few first downs with quarterback sneaks as well. And the two touchdown throws he made, which against a Wisconsin defense like that, you know, they're very difficult plays when you get down to those red zone chances. Jack Tuttle made the plays. Graham Mertz could not. Um, I, I thought that the throw that he made, the Wap failure, uh, that, that's just a great touch pass. Uh, fading it in there, letting Wap run under it. I'm not sure how far away Wap was in terms of yardage. Um, uh, 10, 15 steps away when Tuttle released that ball and he put it perfectly there. So I, I think Indiana took a Wisconsin team that I don't know how good Wisconsin actually is in terms of national rankings. It's hard to say since they've now only played four games, but Wisconsin's good. How good? We don't know for sure, but they are good. And their defense is really good. And Indiana was able to do enough on offense and then play a fantastic game on defense. And they, they have a whole lot to be proud of. Yeah. It, I mean, it's just a, a good, solid win on the road in a place that you haven't won um, since 2001. It's been a house of horrors, no matter, you know, yeah. even over the last, you know, decade or so, Indiana's had some good offenses go up there and just get, shut down um you know you look at 2013 uh they scored three points uh 2007 i think they scored three points and um you know outside of a stephen houston touchdown in, in 2011 and 20 garbage points in that 83 to 20 game there hasn't been much hoosier offense up in in madison now i do think that they were helped that there was no crowd in the stands um but that's 2020. Uh, and to, to add on to your good performances, Hayden Whitehead was fantastic. Um, he yeah. won special teams player of the week for the Big Ten this week. He pinned Wisconsin inside the, the 24 times, inside the 10 twice, I believe. Uh, once was inside the one. Uh, a nice play by Wap Fillier to get down there. And that's always a great sign of buy-in to your starters are on special teams. And WAP isn't having the greatest of, you know, years production-wise and has been overshadowed by by Ty Freifogel. 
but you know he's put his ego aside and uh, running down on a punt to, to down him inside the one yard line and then on that final drive for Wisconsin they had to start at the eight and we um Alex and I talked on this uh, on the, the post game show the more plays you make Wisconsin run the more chances you have to make a you know a play on defense and to ask a team that that only put up six points to that point to go eight, 92 yards in what was it three four minutes it's, uh-huh. a tough, it's a tough ask so you know kudos to, to uh, Hayden Whitehead special teams coach Casey Teagarden as well um, the Miles Marshall catch Jack Tuttle talked about that today on the, on the press conference and it, it was probably the best answer he's ever given to any question uh, He's a hey, Miles Marshall is a is a great receiver. He he's he's a dude. And we have faith in Miles and he's gonna bounce back and this just happens in games. And I think, you know, we've all been in sporting games. Now it hasn't been Big Ten football, but we've all been there where you have a wide open, you know, either a layup or a catch or the ball's hit right to you in baseball, and you just I don't know, things slow down and your brain starts unfocusing and, and things like that. And it's like those plays are the hardest to make. Uh, I also think he got turned around. Uh, his feet got tangled up a little bit. Uh, it just wasn't a clean play. He was wide open and the throw was right there. But if you look at Miles, there was a lot going on with Miles Marshall there to take away from his ability to catch that pass. But like in years past, that play would have destroyed IU. That was the play that you circle, you go back up, same old Indiana. They'll lose whatever, Wisconsin will go down, and Tide will score 14-14, Indiana will lose in overtime. Uh, that didn't happen. It's it's just the aura of this team and program has changed. I think, you know, people are going to point to the reach by Michael Penix, but I, I'm going to go back and – there was a blip on the radar with with the Gator Bowl, but if you go back to that Maryland game last year, where they they took the ball away twice in the like the last six or seven minutes and won that game, that started people believing that hey, we could do this, and um, and that's what Indiana's done. So it, I thought it was an excellent win. We'll see where they end up in the college football poll, uh, college football playoff poll. They come in at eighth in the AP poll, ninth in the coaches poll. Uh, there is a path to the playoff, TJ, but uh, we'll talk about that more on Tuesday when when the uh, college football poll comes out. But let's put Wisconsin to bed. Uh, we'll have one more word from our friends over at Bed Us, and then we will get into uh, the bucket game and Purdue. So, football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on all the action at Bet Online. Bet Online goes the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Uh, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head over to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all your great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online your online sportsbook experts. So TJ, we're setting the scene for the for the bucket game. 
Indiana comes in as clear favorites. I think they they opened up around an 11 and a half point favorite um, on what is it, BetMGM, whatever uh, ESPN uses. Six and one, a lot to play for. There's a New Year's Six Bowl on the line uh, potentially. Purdue comes in limping, limping in at two and four, losers of four straight. Uh, they haven't looked good. Lots of opt outs. Could this be a dangerous Purdue team coming into Bloomington on Saturday? What are your thoughts on uh, on the bucket game? It, it certainly could be. I mean, the hypothetical question of could it be? Absolutely, it could be. Uh, and I think the reason for that is because of the, the individual skill talent that Purdue still has. Uh, as far as we know, David Bell and Rondale Moore are going to suit up uh, for the Boilermakers and um, in all reality, I think that they will be uh, the two best skill position players on either side. Um, Ty Freifogel would likely have an argument for that, um, but I, I think given what's surrounding them, I think that Bell and Moore uh, are as good as anybody that IU could, could put out there at, at the skill position. Um, so anytime you are going against game changers like that, uh, yes, there is still, you know, certainly the concern. And it's a rivalry game. It's a cliche, but uh, it's still true. You know, uh, you don't throw out the records, but uh, it being a rivalry does make it more of a challenge and an interesting thing than maybe you would typically have between a 6-1 and one Indiana team and a 2-4 and four Purdue team. Uh, now, that being said, uh, Purdue has found a way to lose close games this year. Uh, they had a close win against Iowa, a close win against Illinois, who was playing without uh, two quarterbacks. They, I think if Illinois plays with Isaiah Williams at quarterback, um, I think the Illini might have beaten Purdue, uh, but they did not have him available, so they were down to a, a third-string quarterback and still only lost by four. Uh, Purdue's last four games have been a seven-point loss to Northwestern, three-point loss to Minnesota, which, look, I'm very anti-Purdue, but I'm willing to admit uh, there was some very poor officiating in that game that cost the Boilermakers. Uh, they lost oh, the record. Poor officiating in the Big Ten, TJ? No way. Oh, I know. It, I, it's going to surprise me. I don't believe you. Well, the, the tape – does not lie, people. Look it up. Uh, I Again, Purdue had their chances to, to beat Minnesota. Uh, they, they let the officials have a say in it, and that's always a mistake, as we know. Uh, Rutgers lost by seven. Nebraska lost by ten. Uh, the Nebraska game, I think, last Saturday was particularly disconcerting for them because um, I, it did not appear to me, watching the game, uh, that Purdue was attempting to do anything to change how things were going. Um, you can call that coaching. You can call it they're dealing with the personnel they have. Uh, I, As a fan, it would be very frustrating to me from the outside, not knowing everything going on, admittedly, but it'd be very frustrating to see the same mistakes and the same schemes being used that had you on a three-game losing streak. 
uh, without anything changing. That would be very frustrating and it would have me questioning the direction of my program. That being said, uh, you look at their offense, it's going to be Plummer at quarterback. Uh, I think Aiden O'Connell is the better quarterback, but he is not going to be playing. He's out. Um, you know, Plummer is the better athlete, uh, the better runner, but I don't think he's anywhere near the quarterback that Aiden O'Connell is. I don't think O'Connell's great, um, but I would be more concerned if the Hoosiers were facing O'Connell. Uh, Plummer is completing 71% of his passes, and again, the bulk of those are going to uh, to David Bell and Rondell Moore. Xander Horvath is getting some catches as well. He's a big running back that caused IU a lot of problems in last year's bucket game. I think the Hoosiers are going to be more prepared for him this time. He is their primary running back. Uh, Milton Wright, not a bad receiver either. And Payne Durham is a decent tight end. Uh, the big problem for Purdue has been the defense and the offensive line. I think that's going to be a concern for the Blivers as well. I think IU should be able to get pressure pretty consistently on O'Connell if they bring their, their blitz packages that we've seen Kane Womack dial up so well throughout the season. Um, I, I, I think that that's going to be a, a big success for the Hoosiers, but the defense has been a, a real mess for Purdue. Uh, I mean, you don't have to go back very far to see they gave up 27 to a bad Northwestern offense, uh, 34 to Minnesota, 37 to Rutgers. And much of that was to quarterback runs. Uh, they, they could not adjust in the second half of that Rutgers game. Repeatedly gave up quarterback runs up the middle. Um, incredibly bizarre to watch. It happen over and over. And then Nebraska largely did whatever they wanted to against Purdue, particularly on third down. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to me to see how different Indiana's offense approaches the game against Purdue versus Wisconsin. You can call it conservative against Wisconsin. I think it was exactly what was needed uh, for that game, but not a ton of attacking down the field. Uh, certainly some, uh, I think just a smart way to approach that game against the Badgers, totally different against Purdue. I think you'll see Indiana, you know, spread things out, attack more downfield. Um, uh, they're going to have more space to operate with against Purdue's defense than they would in Wisconsin's. So it's going to be a totally different game for Jack Tuttle than it was against the Badgers. Uh, but for me, the key is going to remain the same. Can IU get pressure on Plummer, Jack Plummer, and force him into some mistakes? Can they capitalize on those mistakes when they get them? converting in the red zone, the things that IU has done so well that are, quote, little things that really add up to make the difference in a contest. Yeah, I agree with you there um, in terms of the Wisconsin offense. You knew going into that game it was going to be a, a game where possessions would be few and far between. I think each team had nine possessions that game. <laughs> I mean, it, it sounded like Indiana knew what was coming from Wisconsin's offense, and Graham Mertz was running to the sideline to get plays. Either Indiana figured out their signals, or they they just they knew what was coming. 
um, based on the quotes from, from Mertz after the game. Um, yeah. But Purdue's offense, you're right. It, it's – if Indiana gets pressure, forces some throws, it, it could be a long day for Purdue's, Purdue's offense, no matter, you know, what you have at, at wide receiver. Uh, India, you know, if you can't protect uh, Aiden or Jack Palmer, it's it's a long day, and they're not going to let Xander Horvath surprise him again. Surprise him again. Last year, everybody was so concerned with David Bell um, that in the passing game that they kind of said, "Hey, we'll let Purdue run." It kept them in the game uh, and things like that. And then on, on for Indiana's offense. I, I could see him taking more shots. The, the offensive line, it, it sounds like Matthew Bedford will be back. Uh, Tom Allen said that he got dinged up in practice. They didn't expect him to start last week, but they expected him to play. But um, who, Haggard was playing so well at tackle um, it, that they didn't really uh, see the need to, to switch him in and out and, and – and mess with things. So, you know, as far as Purdue's defense, if they could stop Lorenzo Neal, they should be fine. It, it, Jack Sullivan got hurt last week. We'll see if other people opt out and who's available for Purdue. But you could see Jack Tuttle. It, it's the, this Purdue defense is not as good as Wisconsin's defense. Very few teams in the Big Ten are, if there are any. Um, Jack Tuttle could. You know, he, we've, we've seen him throw the ball. He throws a nice ball. He's got a start under his belt. He can run the read option. He knows the offense. He's confident. Indiana's receivers have to get open. And this is, you know, we said, I said it in the chat with you on, on Saturday, Ty Freifogel's got to get open. And he's having a tremendous year, and teams are adjusting to it. He needs to get open, um, maybe with a double move, uh, maybe with some crisper route running. But he's got to get open, and he's got to catch the ball when uh, when thrown there. Now, to his credit, he made one really nice catch in traffic and then drew two pass interference penalties, which there needs to be a stat for receivers, too, when you're drawing penalties that, that go towards your production uh, because that, that helped Indiana's offense as well. Uh, you're, I think you're going to see a more explosive Indiana offense uh, they're going to try and establish the running game again, as always. I thought the run game against Wisconsin was effective. It wasn't pretty, but it was effective, and it kept Indiana in those on schedule and and ready to go. And uh, you know, just play clean on special teams. Uh, Purdue has a really good kick returner in uh, in Sheffield, and that could be a game changer. That's that's how bad teams stay in the game against good teams is, you know, a game breaking play on special teams. What is, um, what's your matchup to watch TJ? Well, I think the, the matchup to watch is I use secondary against Rondale Moore and David Bell. Uh, you know, in my opinion, that's NFL guys, future NFL guys on both sides. Um, I think, and I, I know that the, the size required in the NFL is, is something, but just in terms of talent, I think Reese Taylor, Jamar Johnson, Taiwan Mullen are all NFL talents. I don't know if they'll end up playing in the league because I'm not an expert on that, but uh, I think they have NFL talent. David Bell and Rondale Moore certainly do as well. So I think it's NFL talent on both sides. 
and I think it'll be a fascinating battle to watch all day. Um, I think Indiana's secondary is a strength. Purdue's receivers are a strength for them. Uh, the difference in the game comes in the rest of Indiana. I think Indiana's trenches, the lines on both sides, uh, as well as linebackers, and I'll just say the overall uh, toughness and togetherness of the team in the big moments is where Indiana wins out over Purdue and why IU is 6-1 and one versus the, the struggling 2-4 and four Boilermakers. But uh, I think the NFL talent on both of those uh, – both of those units, it's going to be a lot of fun to see battle. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be our matchup to watch as a site. Uh, Alan and Ken Womack talked about a lot uh, about that a lot today. Um, I'm going to kind of go off the field. It's IU versus the noise. Uh, you're going to have a lot of noise this week, uh, depending upon what the Big Ten is going to do in regards to Ohio State. Uh, it's going to be a distraction either way. Uh, Indiana can't control what the Big Ten does. Um, I personally don't think the Big Ten should change the rule. It, it's just it's bad. It's just bad business uh, or bad politics uh, to do that. Uh, but as we get closer to the college football playoff rankings coming out on tu- uh, on Tuesday you kind of see a path for Indiana and that path might have in uh, Ohio state having to win the big 10 to clear the way for Indiana. You want that loss to be as big as, um, as good as possible that a loss could be. Uh, but you got to drown out all that noise. You have all these award watch lists coming out, telling you how good your players are. You have everybody on Twitter uh, singing your praises again. So as Tom Allen says, it's earmuffs and blinders. This is a football team, uh, and it's not just about one guy. So it's Indiana versus the noise. And then you have people telling you that Purdue stinks. They're not good. Um, And, you know, you kind of hope that they don't take them lightly. It's a a rivalry game that Purdue has dominated um, historically up until the last decade or so. And now, now it's Indiana's time. Now, I don't think Tom Allen's going to drop 70 on Purdue. Would I love it? Yes. Would everybody who's an IU fan love it? Absolutely. Uh, but a dominating win, and I think, you know, you tune out that noise. But style points are going to start counting now if you're looking for that New Year's Six and um, the college football playoff. So that's my, my matchup to watch. Indiana versus the outside noise. Uh, TJ, you got into it a little bit. What is what is your main key to the game on Saturday? It, it's always tough to, to go with just one because I think what has made Indiana's season so special is, like I said, kind of those quote-unquote little things that really aren't little at all, but they, they get, you know, kind of ignored to the point where they become little things in the eyes of many, but um, you know, the things like the turnover or takeaway battle, uh, the things like red zone conversions, points off turnovers. Indiana, despite having a negative yardage total for the season uh, compared to their opponents, has just done such a tremendous job in all those categories that it has added up to several comfortable victories, uh, along with, you know, a couple of 
very close ones and a six and one record. Um, so I, I think doing those things, which by the way, Purdue has been the exact opposite, uh, inopportune penalties on terrible. They had one on Saturday. Um, uh, it was a, I think it was first and 30, uh, for Nebraska with Purdue trailing by, I think one possession at the time in the second half and just had a boneheaded, uh, and Indiana fans will remember this for, a, a you know, several seasons past, uh, just a complete boneheaded penalty on a first and 30 overthrown ball that was nowhere close to the receiver. And the defender didn't hold up, just blasted the guy and got a, a unnecessary roughness penalty, giving Nebraska the automatic first down. And they went ahead and went on to score and make it a 10 point game and, you know, winning comfortably. Uh, so Purdue has not done those little things well. Uh, and that has resulted in them losing several of these close contests and being on a four game losing streak. Uh, so I, I think that that's, that's what I will go with is just the uh, continuing to, to do those little things, paying attention to those details and mastering them to allow you to take all that other stuff that adds up in box scores like yardage, completion percentage, first downs, all those other things, and make them largely irrelevant in the game because you have done those little things so well. Yeah, and I think you, you hit something on a, on a point that I haven't made yet. All these people who love the S&P Plus uh, or, S, yeah, S&P Plus and FPI and all these right. analytics, they're going out the window this year. I mean, it's S&P Plus does not like Indiana, but they love Penn State and things like that. It's look, I I, once Bill Connolly went to ESPN and went behind a paywall. I I haven't paid much attention to his stuff. I used to love him uh, and his content. But, you know, the the quality of his work has gone down, I think, in terms of of, – in-depth things uh, about teams that normally don't get covered are uh, have hit rock bottom with, with him going to ESPN. But like you said, it's all those little things. It's winning, you know, it's the, the net punting yards, the penalty yards. Um, it's Indiana is getting return interception return yards. Uh, you know, it, it's, I'm not sure on the numbers, but both Jalen Williams and Jamar Johnson are closing in on being in the top three or four in Indiana history for interception return yards. Those yards are not found anywhere in your typical box score. Uh, but, you know, they're both over, I think, 100 yards in, in return yards. Yeah, Jalen Williams fumbled one, and, and so did Jamar Johnson. But those yards, they, they still count. You know, that's setting up Indiana's offense on short fields, which – in turn is going to make your, your yardage total go down. Um, to me, it's going to come down to uh, my, my key is, is red zone efficiency, uh, both offense and defense. If you could do what you did at, at Wisconsin and score touchdowns while holding the other team to field goals on their red zone trips and a, a turnover on downs, you're going to win the game. You could put up as many sevens as you want. If the other team's kicking um, field goals, you're going to win. It's, you know, it's a f- two field goal plus is a touchdown as long as you hit the extra point. So 
red zone efficiency, Indiana's done a pretty, pretty darn good job of it this year, uh, especially on offense. And I think they're, they might be leading, they might be leading the, they lead the nation in red zone defense. Um, Opponents have only been in the red zone 19 times, 11 scores. So that's only 59.8% with nine touchdowns and two field goals. The touchdown percentage, um, it doesn't lead it. It's in the top 11. Uh, Florida Atlantic's only allowed two touchdowns in the red zone this year. But that defense taking the ball away in the red zone, forcing missed field goals, I mean, it took Maryland, you know, the Maryland game was the first field goal against Indiana. So make opponents kick field goals and and see what happens on offense. Um, They're doing a pretty good job, too, uh, of they they were 18 for 18 at at one point, and they're they're doing well. They they put the ball in the end zone, and they they put points on the board. If you have to kick a field goal, you have to kick a field goal. Um, But – they're doing a pretty darn good job of putting points on the board when they have to, especially in a game where, where you expect Indiana to come out to a lead, um, you know, getting a field goal here and there instead of a touchdown or instead of turning it over in the red zone, um, they're going to, uh, it, it's those tech, those all important tack on points. So my key is going to come down to, to red zone efficiency on both sides of the ball. Uh, let's get into predictions, TJ. Well, I I, uh, I kind of jumped uh, completely in, drank the Kool-Aid, whatever you want to say, uh, a few weeks back to where I was uh, – I had seen enough. I was totally sold. I, you know, went ahead and predicted, which I'm not trying to say, oh, look at me, went out on a limb and predicted an IU win. These predictions don't matter. We're not pretending they do, but it's fun to kind of gauge expectation levels for a game. Uh, and I, I legitimately thought Indiana was going to beat Wisconsin. Uh, I was surprised that there was only 20 points scored total, but I, I did think it would be a low-scoring game that IU would find a way to win. I, I just there there is really, uh, like you said, a different aura surrounding this program than what we've had in the past, uh, and I I don't see them overlooking Purdue and falling over themselves. Uh, on Saturday, I think that they will play a comprehensive game. I don't think it'll be a complete, you know, beatdown that we look back on in 50 years and say, oh, remember when IU beat the Boilers by 50? Uh, no, I don't think it'll be that. But I think Indiana wins this game comfortably. I think it's going to be 34-17 to 17 in favor of the Hoosiers. Well, I want to say Hoosiers by a million. Uh, but that's not realistic because I don't think anybody in football could score a million points. Um, I played you, man. I don't know. My NCAA 14 is down, (laughs) so I can't put up a million points. Anyway, yes, maybe against UMass. But I I think Indiana wins comfortably as well. It's a game, and we'll we'll see who plays for Purdue. The weather is supposed to be... God awful. I think it's supposed to be in the 30s, high 30s and raining, which is the worst. Just as as a general human being, that is the worst weather imaginable. 
Um, you know, so I, I'm going to take Indiana um, 42 and Purdue 14. It, it's time to turn the tables. Um, if the weather's really bad, they maybe IU gets a little bit more conservative in their play calls, but this could be the last bucket game for a lot of people. Um, on on the IU team, it's senior day. Uh, all, although a lot of these guys could come back, some of them might test the NFL waters. And then coaching staff wise, you see Kane Womack is um, is on the short list for the head coaching job at at um, South Alabama and, and things like that. So you know this could be the last go around with this group of guys that you don't get to do anymore during the regular season, especially against Purdue. And you know that they, they want to cement this season with the win over the bucket, because if you lose, if, if you lose to Purdue, I guarantee you Hoosier nation will not forget it. The whole season will go down the drain. Um, and it, it might be, if you don't beat Purdue by enough, the whole season goes down the drain. Uh, but it is, I expect Purdue to come out fighting uh, Jeff Brown in his press conference today said that they're going to build their inner anger, uh, which makes sense in a rivalry game. Uh, and, and, you know, Purdue wasn't very good last year coming into the game at uh, at four and seven with, with nothing to play for for the bucket. And they took IU to, to double overtime after Indiana came out for, for a big lead. And, uh, you know, I, I expect the battle, but I, I think Indiana's talent uh, – and having more to play for than just the bucket is going to come through. Final thoughts, TJ? Yeah, I think that's that's kind of the thought that sticks in your head is we saw what happened last year. Purdue was not good, um, and Indiana was seven and four, and um, you know we so that kind of sticks in your head, preventing you from getting too comfortable. And by the way sure the coaches will be bringing that up as well uh you know I, I don't think that this is a team that needs reminders of what's at stake uh but an indiana win on saturday moves them to seven and one uh keeps them in the top 10 wherever exactly that's going to be and sets up championship saturday whether they're playing second place iowa probably or Northwestern in the Big Ten championship game, regardless, they'll have a chance to go to 8-1. and one. If they can do that, it does appear highly likely that they get selected for a New Year's Six Bowl. Um, at, at worst, you are looking at uh, the best bowl game that Indiana will have been to in, I don't know, uh, we'll, we'll just say minimum 25 years because it, it's possible you can say that, you know, maybe a, a copper bowl or something like that was, was prestigious uh, or the holiday bowl, perhaps. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, we'll just set it at in, in our lifetimes, the most prestigious bowl game that Hoosiers will have been selected to. That is very realistically on the table. And I think every single player in that locker room knows that. I don't think they'll need reminded of any of that. And then you add in the fact that, by the way, 
this is the biggest rivalry game that that this school plays. So I'm not concerned about Indiana not showing up for this one. Uh, that hasn't happened all year. I don't think it's going to happen this Saturday. But I, I do expect Purdue to perform as well. Um, I just think Indiana's better at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree with you. Indiana's just the better team here. And uh, hopefully you could get Demarcus Elliott back uh, and shore up that defensive line. Although CO played really well and those guys stepped up big time because that was one of our major concerns against Wisconsin when that inactive list came out. And then if you have Matthew Bedford playing, he's one of your better offensive linemen. And now, you know, you can rotate more, keep people fresher with Luke Haggard, who's done nothing wrong to, to lose his starting spot, but neither is Matthew Bedford other than getting a little dinged up. Um, but if he is dinged up, now you have a re- capable um, experience replacement behind him. Uh, for Indiana, it's just execute. You know, don't miss three field goals. Don't turn the ball over. Don't let Xander Horvath run for like 150 yards. Um, look, if David Bell catches nine balls for, for 150 yards, there's not much you could do. Uh, I mean, he was making plays on Taiwan Mullen last year where there was nothing Taiwan could do. He played him as, as good as possible. And well, he was you know, catch, he's catch, Yeah, and he's got to remember that too. Uh, yep. But he was making catches on his butt. Um, and just making remarkable plays. And sometimes you could have great coverage and the guy still makes a great catch. But, again, Indiana's been taking names for a while. Um, and, uh, you know, they're crossing them off their list. They crossed off Penn State. They crossed off Michigan. They crossed off Michigan State. They crossed off Wisconsin. Now it's time to cross off Purdue. Uh, the game is at 3.30. It is on BTN. Uh, on Saturday, and we'll keep you updated on everything concerning the Big Ten Championship game, uh, Big Ten Champions Week, which I, I assume that they're going to announce the matchups prior, either on Sunday night, like late Saturday night, early Sunday morning, or prior to the games being played this week. Uh, cancellations of games and things like that. Uh, w- we'll keep you all updated at HoosierHuddle.com. TJ, thanks for joining us on today's today's show. Be well, stay warm, and enjoy uh, the 96th edition of the Old Oak and Bucket game. Absolutely, yeah. It's typically not an enjoyable experience for me. I'm usually kind of, you know, nervously pacing as, as uh, the drama unfolds, but I've uh, been able to be strangely calm and confident with this team, and Hopefully we see more of that on Saturday. If if nothing else, I want to thank everybody for uh, going along with us on this journey this season. I, I certainly hope it's been worth it for you. I know it has for me. All right. Thanks, TJ, uh, for joining us on the podcast all year. Our final word from our sponsors over at Manscaped. Uh, Manscaped. Uh, Manscaped support for Hoosier Huddle comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. The holidays are here. Um, Have you made your wish list yet? Our sponsor today has the number one wish-for gift of the year uh, on Manscaped, the uh, best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped is here to ensure that you're taking care of your manhood and your nose hairs with the new performance package. Um, If you're still looking for gifts, 
You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and using the code armchair. What are you waiting for? And go whack your weeds and make Santa proud. All right, that does it for this afternoon's show. Enjoy Bucket Week. Take it all in. We'll have you covered on everything. We've ramped up our content uh, for this week on HoosierHuddle.com. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle uh, on Instagram as well and our Facebook pages. Uh, Enjoy it. It's Bucket Week. It's Rivalry Week. This is what makes college football great. We'll be back next Monday to break down Indiana's game against Purdue, where they might head to a bowl game, who they're playing, in the Big Ten Champions Week, and whether or not they're going to be playing for a Big Ten title. All right. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. Indiana kicks off against Purdue at 3.30. The game is televised on BTN, and you can listen to it on the IU radio network. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.